Good Thursday morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast, live from the vibrant and beautiful Beachview Business District here in Beachview neighborhood of Pittsburgh. Um, we got a great show today. We're going to be talking NFL football with none other than KDKA sportscaster, reporter, uh, preseason play-by-play man, uh, Bob Pompiani. Um, before we get into it, though, we want to talk to you a little about some of the things we have coming up. Uh, current issue of the Pittsburgh Current is on stands right now, and it features a story on Three Pigs Collective, which is a um, a great a great fashion um, sort of the intersection of fashion and art uh, uh, is is what they're doing over there. So you definitely need to check that out. Our fall guide will be out September seventeenth, and if you have an event that you want to submit, please submit it to Charlie at PittsburghCurrent.com. And if you're interested in advertising in the uh, in the issue, reach out to Paul at PittsburghCurrent.com or Andrea at PittsburghCurrent.com, and they will get you taken care of. Um, and along with that, I can tell you that if you advertising in the Fall Guide, you'll be advertising in the third most read publication in the city of Pittsburgh, behind just the Post Gazette and Pittsburgh Magazine, according to the latest data, latest data compiled by the Media Audit Company. So we're very excited about that. And we want to thank all of you for reading and for uh, helping us get through this first year. It's uh, it's been an exciting one for sure. Um, then uh, also we have a pop up for brood on grant rob rogers thank you for the kickstarter folks to uh to bring back brood on grant and mike i have forgot to write down the date on that i believe we'll write it in the comment section i apologize for that i i bethany was just here and she left me a bunch of instructions that's when i forgot and then on december 5th we'll be having a repeal day uh celebration so stay tuned for more on that but we're not done talking about that what we want to do is talk about football and to do that we brought we have of uh, Bob Pompiani with us. Bob, thanks for taking the time this morning. I really appreciate it. Hey, Charlie, how are you? Anytime, no problem. Yeah, so um, I would think uh, for you, I mean, obviously the whole year, I mean, there's sports going on all the time, but for you in terms of the Steelers, is it is it more hectic for you during the preseason because you are doing uh, the play-by-play for the preseason games? Yes, very much so. It's busy all year, let's, let's just say that, because, you know, and what we try to do um, – based in, in the city is we, we cover all of the pro teams, of course, and, and then there's enough college activity and then high school on top of that, and there's only so much of us to go around. Right. So it does make it kind of um, uh, crazy in terms of scheduling. But for the most part, yeah, during football season, and when we started in these games, mostly because as I always like to tell people, this uh, the preseason is like doing four games in one because you have double the size of each roster. Right. And you have all these guys who – uh, you know, comprise the future bartenders of America. <laughs> and the, the, a lot of them are coming in the games when you least expect it and yeah. wearing double and sometimes triple numbers. I've, I've seen that a few times. So you got to make sure you're on who you're on. And, and it's not as easy as it appears that way. So, uh, but I enjoy that. I always have. I love that part of the, I know some people want to get away and get them, uh, away from preseason games, but for me, uh, and I know I speak for coaches who love it because they get opportunities to see guys that probably they won't ever get a chance to see. And some of them turn into roster members, as the Steelers have found out with a couple of guys this year, and Ulysses Gilbert the third, and Tuzar Skipper. And for that matter, Cam Kelly, who was a, 
uh, Alliance of American Football Refugee when they went bankrupt. So, I mean, sometimes the only way you're going to find out is to give these guys a chance, and those four preseason days provide that. How deep does the prep go for something like that, Bob? Because again, you I mean you have to be ready for the uh, for the uh, for the free agent walk on who uh, um, is is kind of coming out of coming out of nowhere, and then you know the last six minutes of the game, you've got this guy who maybe you certainly we've never heard of. Is that but is that a guy that you've done some level of research on so you can tell us something about you know some anecdotal <laughs> thing about his college girlfriend I or his sister? Charlie. Yeah, I try. I try to dig as much, and a lot of that stuff is not available. You know, normally the star players, you, you can go online and find accounts of stuff they do in Wikipedia and their professional page and Instagram and all these things. But, uh, you know, for me, i got to make phone calls a lot of the time just to make sure. And I never want to leave myself naked in that regard, you know. I don't want to have someone come in. I have no idea who they are. At least if I have some idea, right. I can make it happen. And you never know. Some of these guys turn into players who, uh, all of a sudden take over a game in the fourth quarter and you wonder, who is this? Right. If I don't know, then, you know, how are the people watching supposed to know? So I do spend a lot of time, you can ask my wife. Um, <laughs> I sit out here on my uh, patio, at, you know, sometimes into the wee hours of the morning when I get home, just trying to familiarize myself with a lot of people. And um, I would think for some of these guys, the guys who, again, will – We'll leave here and we'll go and 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 sell cars or use their use the use their the the major that they the, their degree that they got in college. That's I mean that's going to be kind of their one big moment to have like you know that's the tape that they'll have they'll have that that one moment where where they were in a in a preseason game and and you know the 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 guy announcing you know said said a couple of complimentary things. That's for some of those guys. That's going to be that preseason game is their big moment. I think. No, there's no question about that. A lot of those guys too. Afterwards, we'll you know sometimes call me specifically and ask for a tape or for a clip mm. that we might be able to provide them, uh, just to add to a resume on a job that they hope you know leads them to another opportunity. And it, you know it's very difficult if you look at the life of you know coaches specifically, who and they have to make twenty stops before they get to maybe the job of their dreams. Well, with some of these players, uh, it's well documented they have eight, nine, ten starts. You know. Um, Along the way, there was all these different teams, sometimes the CFL, sometimes the USL, sometimes the USL, the, all these L's, yeah. these leagues are everywhere, <laughs> and they're just trying to gain experience as best as they can, and sometimes, finally, it clicks. So, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a very challenging experience, I'll tell you that for sure. Was there one of those guys that took off that, that you sort of called early on? I mean, James Harrison, obviously, is a player that comes to mind who was one of those players who um, just show, showed up one season and then was just dominant for the next several years of his career. Was there ever – was James one of those guys, or was, were there any of those guys that, that you saw and who wasn't supposed to be anything, but then they turn out to be the man? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, Charlie, because – uh, James Harrison is one of many undrafted players who've gone on to great things. Him, m- more so than most. I mean, he's gone on to Super Bowl moments that will live right. forever. Um, you know, the 100-yard interception of Kurt Warner, um, you know, defensive player of the year from an undrafted player. Well, yeah. more recently, I can give you a lot of them. More recently, I'll tell you about Ola Sukami and Denny, who we call Ola. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember talking to Charlie Batchman, and I said, okay, Charlie, here's your test for today. Pronounce this name. <laughs> and he looked, he said, nope, I won't. I said, well, we got to call him something. He goes, well, the guys here call him Ola. I said, it's fine with me. Ola is good. Uh, he ended up, you know, making the team last year. And they have a few others this year who are in the same boat. So, 
Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the fun part of doing this. And when you, a guy like Tuzar Skipper, when you look at all the things that happened to him, mm-hmm. uh, and he's another Matt guy, he made the Steelers roster and he forced their hand basically, which led to changes in how many wide receivers they kept. It probably led mm-hmm. to the release of Eli Rogers, but you know, he's gone through ACLs, doubts, different places, transfers just to get a chance. And now he finally took advantage of one. Do you, um, what what about the receiving core for the Steelers this year is, and mainly the question is because, well, the question is because Antonio Brown obviously isn't there, but a, as we've seen some of these off-field shenanigans um, continue in Oakland, I don't know that we're, um, that we should be too upset that Antonio's not here, but do, do you have faith in the Steelers receiving core that, um, because I, I, don't, I don't know that there's, that there's, I don't think that. I don't think that Juju has where, where, where Antonio had Juju. I don't think that Juju necessarily has, it. I think James Washington potentially become that guy. Hopefully um, uh, Moncrief can become that guy, but, but what do you see in terms of production? Cause you know, the Steelers are going to throw the ball. What do you see in terms of that unit this year? I, I see good things. I think uh, I see diversity. I think Roethlisberger really likes the fact that no longer is there someone who, and, and I think Mike Thomas did it right the other day. When I asked about Juju Smith-Schuster, he said, um, you know, the diva's gone. Someone asked him, he goes, let me tell you something. Every wide receiver I know who's really good uh, wants the football. They're all going to cry for the football. But that's the thing. Um, you know, I, I think it's good to have guys who want it. They have guys who I think are going to be very good at it. I, I do think Juju is capable of moving up to that number one. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm never going to predict the kind of numbers that Antonio Brown put up here because those are off the charts good. But I think he can be really good. And I think he'll uh, make it easier for James Washington. I see leaps and bounds in his performance from last year to this year. Uh, I think Moncrief is a veteran, and I think he has a comfort zone with Ben Roethlisberger already. And I think Deontay Johnson, when he figures it all out, and sometimes it takes a while, I think this guy could be very special. He's one of the smoothest route runners that I think. I'll base a lot of this on what Charlie Batch, Merrill uh, Hodge, and um, Chris Hope tell me because I hang out a lot with them in analyzing games and tips, yeah. especially for St. Vincent. Um, and, and they say the route running is smooth and it's really smooth. And so I think they have, they're, they're in pretty good shape there. We are talking to Bob Pompiani, KDKA sportscaster, uh, Steelers, uh, Steelers preseason play by play announcer. Um, we're talking about the Steelers, of course, and we're also talking about the start of the NFL season tonight. Bears versus Packers. Um, Bob, are you, are, I mean, obviously, I would think, I would think, with what you do, you're also a, a football fan. Um, but do you get a chance? To, you know, this is kickoff night. Do you get a chance to actually watch a game, or is this maybe your only chance to watch a game? Oh, I, well, I would know. I watch a lot of games. Yeah. Charlie. I, I, if I don't watch them live, I watch them on uh, DVR. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I want to know a lot, and I'm, I'm an all sports kind of guy. Yeah. Know, whether that's football, which is something I do a lot of, or uh, hockey. Uh, love the pace of those games. Baseball, basketball, I'm a big NBA fan. No, no one in Pittsburgh likes that. They hate me for it. That's okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I do. I yeah. watch. I want to know. I want to know about everybody. You know, fantasy football will take you into that direction if you've ever played it. Yeah. Uh, and I used to, but I don't play it anymore. It's just too time-consuming with everything else going on. So um, you, you must learn about players, and I like it. It's I think it's fun. Yeah, and I think honestly, I think for a lot of probably young younger folks growing up, um, 
I was probably in my twenties when, when, when fantasy football was really taken off. And, um, you know, you learned so much about it's to the point my, my wife is annoyed by we're sitting there and, and somebody will come on the field and I'll say, Oh yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, why would you know that? It's because I'm, I'm a, I'm a compulsive gambler. That's how I would know that. So, uh, gambling <laughs> degenerate. Um, but it really is fantasy sports have baseball too. I play baseball and talk about time consuming fantasy baseball is the most time consuming thing. I think that, that you could do with your time, but I know a lot about national league, uh, national league benches and, and farm teams. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to, but it's fun. I mean, that's what makes it all, um, interesting to do. There are stories within stories. There are not just team stories or individual yeah. stories. Some of them good, some of them bad. You have to find them. And, um, it, it is, a, it, I tell you, in today's day and age with all the social media, you have to watch. I feel like I, I don't really like the fact that I got to sit there and follow a lot of players. Some of them I don't want to follow, but if you don't, you'll miss things that they post, especially right. a guy like Antonio Brown. He makes news every day from his Instagram. If you're not aware of what he's doing, then you're missing out on potential some news. Yeah. Since, uh, since we're, since he, on, since his name, since his name is, uh, his name was, we're talking about him. Um, uh, Bob, when do you think things started to go? Um, because the Antonio Brown who started with his team is not the Antonio Brown that we saw up up into last year, the last few years. Um, I remember, we, you know, when Mike Wallace left, there was the question of would it be Wallace or would it be would it be Brown? And um, Brown was he seemed like such an unselfish player, just a a team guy, a really kind of mild mannered, sort of uh, low. Um, you know, under the not under the radar certainly by his play, but when did it all start? To, when did it start to change for him that that, that you that you saw? Uh, well, I mean, this is a debate that I think people are going to have for a long time. I never saw anything, but uh, you know, a guy who was having fun, who worked every day of his life, yeah, uh, who had a smile on his face. Although I knew it was a fake smile, I've seen instances, and I never wanted to say anything about it publicly sure. at the time because I it's none of my business how he. But um, there were there were some times where I thought it was very fake. Um, but still, I mean, he's I judge people on what they do on the field. That's the only thing I can do. Their personal lives are that just yeah. that until they become <laughs> newsworthy right. for whatever reason. So um, I don't know. I mean, some people cite the hit by Perfect in the Cincinnati game that mm-hmm. helmet that he took squarely, and it, I, I you know the concussion issue is real in the NFL. I don't yeah. know if that had anything to do with it, and I and I can't speculate. But I also think there was a jealousy and a narcissistic part of Antonio Brown. And he does not like when other people surpass him in whatever the, whatever the case may be. Um, media following, social media hits, Instagram likes, uh, salary. He seems yeah. to want to be on top of everything. And if he isn't, he gets mad and he gets jealous and he gets envious and he gets nasty. And I think that's what we've seen. I can't put my finger on why. I've talked to a lot of people I think know him. A lot better than me, and even they, you know, give you a mixed bag of opportunities and comments. Do you think his departure was the right thing for the Steelers to do? I think they had no choice. I don't yeah. think they really wanted to. They put up with a lot of stuff. You remember, Charlie? Yep. Uh, the Facebook Live thing, which was <laughs> just you can't do that. Right. That violates a cardinal sin of a locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, but even now, look at yesterday. You know, he he takes a letter that is a private letter from his new GM, Mike Mayock. He takes a photo copy of it, puts it on Instagram with his own uh, thoughts about it, yeah. in which he called them hateful. You know, <laughs> right? Come on, uh, that's private business, and if you're not willing to, uh, you know, just keep it that way, then 
you're exposing team issues, and I think that's never good. I actually saw that on, first on your Twitter feed, and that is at KD Pomp. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, you're, that's that's where I saw that yesterday, and 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 first, and um, yeah, he's just it's just such a um, just such an enigma. What's happened with Antonio Brown? I mean, who knows? It just you're right. I think at some point he just decided he wasn't getting what was his, and so he decided he was going to make a, make a lot of noise and, and do it. But but now the stuff over the shoes and and the the frostbitten feet that's just I, that's the kind of weird behavior that you start seeing. I feel like right before a guy sort of washes out of the league, or you see a real decline in his performance because everything else is 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 taken over. And that's all, all these you know guys who left the these receivers who left the Steelers. I mean, Plaxico, Bur- Plaxico Burris obviously won a Super Bowl, but um, a, a lot of these receivers, Mike Wallace, etc. They you know their their career, their production really took a downshift after they after they left the team. And do you expect that from Antonio? What kind of season do you think you'll have? expect it to be a turbulent season but I still think his talent is there and it, it'll go smoothly only if he gets the ball a lot only if they do well and I mean they car to Brown I don't think he really cares about the outcome of games yeah uh, and, and and early in his career I thought that I would never say that about him but I think it's all about his own personal stats what he's going to find out when his career is over though is that the legacy will matter and when people say you've never won a championship and you were an eagle maniacal kind of guy a narcissist it may all you know, at one point set in and he's going to realize that he made bad choices. So, but I do think he'll have a, a good year as long as he keeps getting the ball and as long as the numbers are there. Right. Uh, I've seen him be happy when they lose and yet he has 10 catches for 155 yards and two touchdowns. I've seen him not want to talk when they win a game and he's not a big reason why. Right. Uh, one, one more, let's, let's quickly go to, go to one more former Steeler, just because I think someone, a lot of people have an interest in, um, or lack of interest in. I saw the, I saw, I was at a Coles recently and I saw Le'Veon Bell's Jersey for four ninety nine, and there was a large stack of them. Um, what do you, what do you make of, what do you make of, of him so far and that decision to hold out and then take less money to go to a pretty crappy well, team? I, I don't like in his situation, Antonio, in any way. I think he was strictly making what he thought was a good business move. It turned out to backfire. Yeah, He's not only better off financially here, he's better off trying to win here. Yeah. Uh, he goes to a place where he's going to be under a lot of scrutiny if things don't go well. Um, and I think he miscalculated everything. He wanted to be the guy the, you know, who's going to set the bar for all the rest of the running backs. Um, you know, Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But to me, he should just be worried about being happy, content, and there's no way the Steelers were not going to guarantee every bit of his contract. When I say guarantee, not literally, but they, they were never going to cut him. Right. So he was worried about all his upfront money. It didn't matter. He was going to get it. I've never seen the Steelers cut people after they sign a long contract, right. especially a marquee name. Yeah. And, and, and so what we saw out of that, of course, was the, uh, the uh, James Conner come on uh, strong. How, how do you like and you've I mean, you've watched James play for for a, a long time now. I would think. How do you what do you like in um, how do you like in uh, James to to Le'Veon? I think these are different kinds of runners, but but different, he, yeah. yeah, totally different. And I don't know that you could make comparisons. I, yeah. I just think I look at the numbers at the end. If he gives them what what they need in terms of first and second down to set up third and short or first or keep moving a change, but I think he can do that. I think, you know, his big thing is just making sure he's healthy, um, which I never knock guys for. A lot of people around media will knock guys and call them soft. And, um, but, you know, some of these injuries people get, you can't 
control. Right. Marquise Pouncey's had knee injuries. Right. He's not soft. He got he got hit from behind in a preseason game against Green Bay. It rolled up. I, I as soon as I saw it, I knew it was serious. So that doesn't make him soft. Um, you know, sometimes you're just a bad luck victim, you know, when it comes to injury. So I think if he's healthy, he could be exactly what they need. I think Jalen Samuels, if there's one guy I'm going to pick for you, Charlie, who will have a year that I think people will look back on and say, wow, it'll be Jalen Samuels. Uh, what, what do you like about him, Bob? Everything. I like the shiftiness. I like how he blitz pickups. I like how he runs patterns. I like how he runs the ball. I think for a fifth round pick, they got a steal in him. Um, yeah. And, and of course, um, the, um, there wouldn't be a running game without um, without the offensive line, and I was as I was writing our Steelers preview, I was looking at numbers of, of our offensive line of the Steelers' offensive line, and um, you know, at one time when you look at how often Ben Roethlisberger has been on his back in his career, but then you look at the last three seasons. Do you think that they, do you think that they're the best offensive line in football, or certainly in the conversation? Yes, one of them, and it's because of continuity. One of the reasons why I think that Steelers are going to win on Sunday, and I'll be, um, you know, it's funny. When you make that prediction, you're calling a homer. Uh, I look at it beyond that. I'm looking at a statistic. You know, when I look at New England, all right, let's talk about offensive line. The Steelers have been together for a long time. They invested a lot of money. Their goal was to keep Ben upright. Their goal was to keep this thing moving as long as they can and keep the window open. I think they've succeeded in doing that, even though he remains the number one sack quarterback in the NFL during his career, right. but New England, on the other hand, which always, you know, I give them a lot of credit. Their offensive line coach is, is really good. And Belichick relies on him, but they lost their starting center, their Marquise Pouncey all season long to an injury. They had to go out and make changes and they eventually changed three positions to adequately. Cause they had to move a, a guard to center. And then they brought in a couple of other people from other teams. They're not, they haven't been together for more than a week and a half. And I'm just curious if the Steelers will be able to, Take advantage of Cam Hayward along with Hargrave and to it. I do think, and Watt coming off the edge, I, I'm bullish on Dupree. I, I think they have a lot of good weapons on defense, and I think it will be a much better defensive team. Yeah, I, I like I like what I've seen out of Bud so far, and I, I think that uh, I think that he's finally going to uh, probably play up to the potential that, that they that they thought he was going to have. He's he's looked he's looked good, and then <laughs> Devin Bush, the sky's the limit on that guy. Would you agree? I mean, who knows what he's going to end up doing by the end of his career. Yeah, pretty special play, and I'm glad they got him. Although, kid in New England, uh, Chase Winovich, a lot of people around here wanted to see this to take him. He's a role. very good player, too. He played with Bush at Michigan, mm-hmm. so they're going to go uh, opposite one. Not not literally, but you know they're going to be on the field in the opening night, and it's always good to see local guys do well, and yeah. he's one of them. Before we start talking about the NFL at large, let's kind of wrap up with the Steelers. Let's talk a little bit about about Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, this is someone whose career I know that you have followed. You have followed closely when he had when he's had his his issues and problems in the past. Uh, you did um, sit down interviews with, with him. So I want to talk about Ben the player, but also, and this is something I think that that my audience would want me to ask about. Um, and you've seen you've seen Ben, like I said, throughout his pro career. Um, Ben Roethlisberger, is Ben Roethlisberger, do you believe that Ben Roethlisberger is a different person than the than the kid who first came in the league and got involved in motorcycle accidents and, and some of those other allegations? Um, how have you seen him grown? Do you think he's he's a different person than he was than when he entered the league? Uh, I do. I think a lot has happened with him. I think he's a very mature guy. I think he's gone through enough to realize that he made bad choices. And sometimes... You know, before you can solve anything in your life, you have to realize and admit that you have problems. Right. A lot of people are unwilling to admit it. 
once you admit it, then you realize I better start doing this, 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 and this. And I think he's checkmarked all those things. It starts with his family life, which has given him a really a, a different perspective. And I think a more mature perspective. And I think that's been the big difference with him. He's also now to the point, and I know him pretty well, so I think I can say this. Um, he is appreciating football and life so much more. He knows he only has so many years, even though he still plans to play out this three years and go into his 40s. Yeah. And he may be longer. I'm never going to rule that out with him. But I think he realizes he's on house money right now. He's going to enjoy the ride, enjoy the experience, and try to win. So, and that, that's kind of leading into what I was going to ask you. Um, what kind of time does Roethlisberger have? And at what point, I mean, maybe, I don't know that I think that Mason Rudolph is the guy to succeed Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe, maybe you have a different opinion on that. But at what point do the Steelers look for their Aaron Rodgers to take over when Brett, Brett, when Brett Favre retires? Um, and I mean, do, you think, do you think Rudolph is that guy? I mean, he looked great in the preseason, but. Well, I mean, that's, that's the question. If everything goes as planned, Rudolph will probably even play here and be with another team, not unlike uh, Garoppolo right. with uh, San Francisco. Just because the contract will have played out, they can't afford it. Unless Ben, you know, if he's going to retire after three years, then that corresponds with Mason almost identically off by one year. But they, they, could, they could do a deal with Mason if they see enough of him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's incapable of doing it. We haven't seen it on you know regular game right. basis, but... Uh, yeah, I think he is, but they're going to have to make that choice when time comes. It's good to have insulation. You never know when an injury will occur. And in Rita's first case, if it does, I think they're pretty well suited at backup. And do, do you think do you think it, it, may, it may be a thing that, um, uh, you know, when Roethlisberger sort of, when, when his time comes, that, that do, you think do you think that they'll have the future quarterback when Ben goes, or do you think that's something they'll worry about at the time? Maybe, maybe a veteran, maybe a veteran. You know what, Charlie? I don't know the answer to that. They're going to have to make that, but at this point, they're just, they have guys who are capable. And I think their job is to insulate them from injury. And that's what they got to do. And and I think they've done a good job there, even though some people think, you know, taking Dobbs in the fourth round was a stretch because they knew he'd never play. Um, and even with Mace Rudolph in the third round, yeah. some people at the end of it say, well, you wasted the pick. Well, again, their job is to insulate quarterback. If right. he never plays, that doesn't mean it was a bad pick. That means sure. he just never played. So yeah. that's, that's life in the NFL. Yeah, Dob- Dobbs is a hell of a nice guy. I, I, that's, that's, that was I mean, a, yeah. a cut that, I, that I, I understand, but I hated to see just because, you know, through interviewing him and uh, um, some stuff he's done with us, jo- you know, Josh Dobbs is just, he's a, he's a, heck, of a, he's a okay. heck of a nice guy. So. With a tough loss, I think, from that perspective. But it's all about football, I guess, at the end of the day. Totally is. <laughs> so let's talk about the let's talk about the the impending NFL season. Um, let's talk first about one of the things that that I actually wanted to talk to someone like you about was what do you make now that you've seen preseason, you've seen the four preseason games, and you've been watching, you've probably seen, watched a lot more than Don't that. Worry. What do you make of the new? What do you what do you make of the new challenge to pass interference? What have you seen of that? how it's played out and, and what do you just generally think of it? Uh, well, I'm surprised it came to a rule change based on one play that was screwed up and, and it was a bad call. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I'm surprised they went to that length. I think Sean Payton, uh, you know, really complained enough for the league said, well, we can't have these moments. What do we do now? Uh, if, if they respond every way like that, they're going to be in trouble because holding calls will be the next. If there's yeah. a significant holding call to either missed or called in a significant game that has the same kind of effect, they may be forced to do it again, and that's too much. What I've seen is 
inconsistency. Yeah. The whole the whole term that they use is clear and obvious. Nothing I saw in the preseason was clear and obvious, and yet they didn't call, change calls or either way. And I think that was their challenge. Yeah. Um. And so, going into the season, what, what do you what what are some of the what are some of the storylines you're looking at as you go into the NFL season uh, across the league? Uh, hang on one second. I get yeah. my dog. We are talking to Bob Pompiani here on the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. We're talking Steelers football, Bears, uh, Packers uh, kickoff okay. tonight to start the season. Um, but yeah, we're talking to Bob. Bob, what kind of what, what are the storylines that you see uh, that are going to make this season interesting? Well, I, there are a lot of them. I, I really think the NFC is loaded with talent, and yeah. I, I, I got to figure that the NFC is going to have a hard time trying to get. Uh, playoff teams, and they're going to leave some good ones out. The yeah. AFC, on the other hand, not so much. I think the AFC, uh, I go into this thing in New England, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people are bullish on Cleveland. I'm not necessarily yet anyway. Uh, that's how I like to phrase that. I think in time, but not now. Yeah. Um, and as far as the, the thing I always love about the NFL, and one of the reasons why I moan and groan about baseball not having a salary cap is because every year in the NFL, because things are spread equally mm-hmm. revenue you have a cap you have a floor you have everything the same is that you have stories that go from worst to first every single year mm-hmm. 15 of the last 16 nfl seasons have produced a team that was in last place the year before and ended up in first place the next year and three of those teams went from worst in their division to winning a super bowl wow. so that's what makes it compelling to me and they're only 16 games they all take on monumental importance i think and, and that includes this week Playoff implications, you can say it's week one. How can you say that? Well, on the end of the day, if the New England Patriots win the tiebreaker because they beat the Steelers head-to-head, they get home field in the playoffs, that's huge. That's how they win. So you try to deny that when you can. I just love the NFL and how they have it set up. It's the most perfect league when it comes to equality in terms of money, uh, allocation, revenue sharing, and talent distribution. That's what that's what you want mm-hmm. as an ownership. Yeah, and and I think again I agree with you. That's and we'll, maybe we'll get into that in a couple of minutes if we have time. But th- that's one of the issues with baseball. Um, uh, what, what, I beg to yeah. I beg to ask you this, Charlie, because I, I have to take a call here. This guy's been trying to call me. We had a conference call yeah. up at eleven, so I, I don't mean to cut short, but I have to get to that eventually. Well, yeah, you know, you know what? Let's wrap up then with a couple of final questions with Bob Pompiani. Uh How do you see? How do you see? What kind of season do you see for the Steelers, Bob? Well, I went on, and I, and, you know, I made those predictions. I think they're kind of useless mostly because we yeah. don't know. injuries dictate everything. Sure. Charlie it could change in a heartbeat. Eleven and five is what I see. Cleveland battling them for second. Cleveland gets to a wild card. Um, I like New England to win that division because there's really no challengers to it. Yeah. Um, I still think Kansas City is a really good team, and out west, the Chargers have to be favored. Although, I'm not going to be disappointed if I see Denver because I've been kind of bullish on Joe Flacco. I think mm-hmm. Joe Flacco will have a nice a bounce-back season with that team. So I think they're going to be somewhat of a problem. Uh, from the uh, NF, uh, NFC, I think, like I say, it's wide open. Just to cut short, because I can go on and on about this, but I <laughs> right. like Seattle a lot. I yeah. think they made some really good deals, including the one for Clowney, uh, to put yeah. pressure on quarterbacks. Their defense, they needed a little shot in the arm. They got um, Ziggy Ansa and they got Clowney, and those are two very good, high-productive pass rushers. So I look for Seattle, and that's that opener here in two weeks. It's going to be a tough one for the Steelers. Right. Um, but 
I think Seattle, it could be Seattle getting to the, uh, but I'm hoping a Pittsburgh, Philadelphia Super Bowl. I've been waiting for an all state Super Bowl. That's what happened. This year will be the year. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is your, your Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, that would be that. Yeah, I think that would be a great interstate, uh, great interstate Super Bowl. Bob, you've taken, I've taken up way too much of your time and I really appreciate you. No, I uh, wish I had on. more. I just got this thing I got to get to and I, uh, yeah, I no. Sure when it was going to happen? But yeah, we'd we'd love happens. to. Yeah, well, no, yeah, that's great, and we'd love to have you back later in the season. Anytime, you name it, and and uh, and doesn't matter the sport, Charlie. All right, I love talking about. Perfect. It. Thank All you right, very man. much, Bob Pompiani, live here on the Pittsburgh Current podcast. Um, yeah, football is uh, football is one of those strange times of year when the um, when the fan in me. Uh, has a head-on collision with the um, uh, social justice, <laughs> Charlie and me, and so it's definitely one of those one of those one of those odd odd times of years. That's the years. That's for sure. Um, one thing I did want to get to with Bob, and one thing I that I'll just you know my I don't know kind of a, what kind of uh, opinion uh, you know how much how much heft my opinion has on something like Colin Kaepernick, um, but. Um, that's a situation that you know a lot of uh, a lot of people will say you know well he's just not good enough. But when you look at the number of when you look at the, some of the backup quarterback backup quarterbacks in the league, to think that a guy like Colin Kaepernick uh, doesn't have a job, and to say that that's not because of his uh, because of his political views or because of his his stance when he took a knee at the anthem. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's one of the most, bla- it's the most blatant um, uh, cases of racism costing someone a job, not just in sports, but in, um, in, in any business, really. It's, it's so obvious sometimes that it's just almost ridiculous that it's still going on. So uh, my wish for this, my big prediction for this football season, and I did draft Colin Kaepernick with the last pick in my fantasy football draft. I've done that every year and I'll continue to do that. So uh, that's a guy that uh, deserves a shot and deserves a, deserves a job. And, you know, hopefully we can um, pretend that this is not the 1964 NFL season. We can uh, <laughs> step up and, and realize what time it is and, and, and get a guy like Kaepernick uh, a job. But this has been, speaking of jobs, I have to go do one. Uh, and that's, uh, that's running the Pittsburgh current fall guy, September 17th. Um, look for that. And again, if you have anything, if you're uh, an organization or you have events coming up, Charlie at PittsburghCurrent.com, and we'll get that in the guide for you. Uh, if you'd like to advertise in that guide, please hit up Andrea at PittsburghCurrent.com or Paul at PittsburghCurrent.com. This has been the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. Uh, have a great week. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.